Organizations across the globe have moved all or part of their workforce to a virtual model in response to the coronavirus pandemic. This sudden pivot is perhaps one of the most significant challenges that we'll see in our lifetime and is something that has fueled the largest work-from-home experiment in history. This is BetterTech, and as we navigate the current environment and its implications for businesses, we have today Wade Burgess, EVP of Sales for Automation Anywhere, and Omer Javed, CEO Texel, to talk us through on how businesses can weather unforeseen events, the importance of pragmatic optimism, and to share tips on how to keep employees digitally prepared and actively engaged when working remotely. So welcome once again, Wade and Omer, and let's get right to it. So I understand that you are from the RPA world, but today's topic is around uh, remote work. But it will be helpful if you can just give us a little bit of introduction of yourself and uh, we can take our discussion from there. Yeah, of course. So yeah, I spent most of my career in technology sales and that's from everything in the days of uh, businesses trying to adopt internet usage, believe it or not, you know, T1s and co-location and hosting, all the way through the various technologies that companies have used to try to be more productive and more successful. Um, one pretty long run in there, almost 10 years with LinkedIn running the talent solutions line of business. So connecting talent with opportunity and, and the context of today's conversation, I work with most of the HR leaders around the world, talent acquisition leaders around the world, as they migrated from you know, on-premise teams to various types of distributed teams using you know, the technologies out there today. Um, and then I've gone, you know, from there I've worked also with uh, gig workers and then also with digital workers. And as we work, you know, in today's environment, there's a combination of all of the above, of people who physically work together, people who are digitally connected around the world, um, and also to our digital counterparts where automation comes alongside of our, you know, their, their human counterparts to get business done. Okay. So just out of curiosity, which part of your work so far have you enjoyed most selling, being part of LinkedIn solution talent, this or, or what? Well, that's a great question. Um, I don't think it's any particular company or I don't think it's any particular technology. What I love the most is seeing someone become uh, capable of something beyond what they thought. So a human realizing their full potential, I think is the most rewarding thing to me, especially if there's in some way, if I can in some way be a part of that journey, empowering them with, it might be a belief, it might be a technology, it might be a technique, or just something where if I can you know, invest in another person or in an environment where people can become you know, something great, that's that, you know, I think we all have that moment where we get the biggest buzz so from what we value. do. For I, I, me, it's I, about I, that. I simply call it adding value. If, uh, yep. if, you, if you can add value to anyone's life, anyone's business, I mean, and if you, if you live uh, your life with that mantra, I mean, a lot of good things start happening to you. So as you, I mean, I run a company and we, we always uh, think that what is our core value? And I always tell my team, like our core value is, should always be uh, customer centricity and adding value to customer's business. So because if we, can, if we can just believe in that, the money, everything, the business, it will start falling into the place. And when you said that, I, I really, I, I kind of really believe in that when you try to add value to someone, it, it really pays off. So good to know that that we have someone who, who really believes in adding value to other people's life and other people's stuff. And that I guess that's what got you here as well, adding more value to to some of our audience's uh, mindset. Anyway, so coming to this uh, COVID situation, I, I mean, this is all uh, happening right now, and uh, 
and 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 it's not good. I mean, the world is going through it. Uh, we are we are in this together. So, how do you see uh, things are changing in terms of technology, working environment in this uh, COVID nineteen thing? I understand that working remote work is right now the order of the day. But how you have seen this? How you are seeing this transition happening? Yeah, you know, I think this is a unique moment in time, and we should always take advantage of those moments in time, good or bad. Um, you know, in my lifetime, I think in the lifetime of knowledge work, we've never had a global pandemic where economies essentially shut down. So there isn't a comparable. I mean, nobody has been has been preparing for that. It's unprecedented and, and for us, for all of us, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I can say, I feel very fortunate that we have, you know, a lot of the trends that were happening <clears throat> were really helping us prepare for this day. And, you know, there, all of the, so the work from home trends, the video technology trends, the, you know, uh, even things like digital signatures, all the things that have happened, uh, you know, have been kind of gradually happening are uh, just have accelerated a lot. So an example, you know, in today's moment, interviewing and recruiting. So people are still recruiting, people are still hiring. And, you know, regardless of what's going on in the short term, there's some companies that can't hire fast enough and they've had to change everything. And fortunately, there are technologies out there to do, you know, video interviewing and hire people without ever seeing them. Team collaboration, you know, the, all the various platforms out there, you know, today we're talking on Zoom, but, you know, there's a whole list of them. There's 8x8 and Ring Central, and, you know, there's like a hundred of them that um, have really been building for this moment. Communication right. platforms like Slack and Teams and all of those. So what I see is I see this is like a massive pressure test on many of these trends that are already happening. They, these have been going on, you know, uh, and starting to accelerate. This is a pretty dramatic acceleration. Um, and to specifically answer your question, I think there were definitely some holdouts on remote work. There are groups of people who fundamentally believe you simply had to be in the same room, especially for a startup or especially for an engineering team or especially for whatever their holdout was. They advocate that culture, is, culture building is done in the same team, in the same room. A lot of that kind of stuff. I mean, people, people advocate that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and I think I, I would be the first, I'm a big proponent of technology, but I will say there is something unique that happens when one human being physically meets another human being. There's an intangible there that I don't know that we know how to replicate, nor will we know how to replicate. That being said, I think we also are at the essence, this is a really good sort of minimum viable product test. If you, if you think about human interaction, what is the MVP? <laughs> I see that that we were actually preparing for minimum viable product, but it's like a full-blown production test to me. I mean, what is happening? <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is this is when when you are not even in your you know you're not even releasing you know your version zero point one yet, and suddenly you're in full production and it's the whole world on your platform. Um, on the other hand, I think there's something else here that's happening that I I'm finding really endearing. That is the relationships people have of suddenly, I don't know that I would say they're deeper, but they're much more broad. So I'm watching team meetings happen <clears throat> across video platforms and they're meeting someone's dog or the child comes in and, you know, sits on their lap or they know the little Lego decoration behind them. Or those are things you probably could have worked with someone for five years and never known anything about. And suddenly you're connected to their real world, their personal life, in a way we haven't and before. Some of these were thrown upon. I mean, you're working and someone, like uh, your child starts screaming and people are, oh, stop, stop, don't scream, I'm, I'm on a call. But now it's pretty normal. I mean, 
when the prime ministers of the world are taking calls and their kids are playing behind. I mean, it's all of a sudden it's just, it's the new norm. I mean, yeah, I, I have to say, I it, it's refreshing to me because I've spent most of my career, you know, on an airplane somewhere or in a hotel or with my kids around me in some environment doing business when other people were sitting in a conference room in Silicon Valley. And I was the remote attendee who was, you know, shushing my kids or trying to create an environment where there wasn't distracting things going on behind me. Um, so it's kind of refreshing to watch the rest of the world need to do that. And realizing that you also can blend the two professional and personal lives much more than people thought you could and create that kind of harmony between, you know, the things that you need to do at home and the things that you do at work. So, so I kind of second that and we'll come to that later. I mean, I, I was telling someone that probably I don't want to go back. My, my life was so busy and now it's kind of, kind of, kind of intertwined with my personal life. I can, I can take a small break and be like for five minutes with my kids and then come back and do my work. So I can, I'm giving them time, giving my work time and it's, it's kind of refreshing for me as well. Though, I mean, let's talk about, I mean, we, we all understand that there is an enabling environment that needs to be done and all that. But you feel there are certain challenges. To one challenge that I feel is, 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 is a way too much communication overload for companies who are not prepared. I mean, people who are just used to do meetings in person, do quick stuff on each other's computer. There's now too much communication overload. How do you feel about that? No, I think you're absolutely right. And um, this accentuates that we, the corporate, specifically the normal corporate structure is not built for efficiency and specifically right. communication efficiency. A lot of people kind of use a lot of tonnage to you do the communication. And today, this is now, it's even more important that you have so much, you know, we talked about, if we were talking three months ago, we'd probably talk about email overload. We probably yeah. wouldn't be talking about Slack overload and all, you know, like the, the bombardment of other things. The reality is, uh, I think the best leaders out there are teaching people how to communicate in this environment in a way that's succinct. And also when to pick up the phone, it, it, you know, it's never been more important to know when to pick up the phone for a two minute phone call. Like right. if there's a time where there's some discussion thread, especially if it's emotional, people have opinions about it. If you're in a Teams or Slack channel, this could go on forever and everyone's weighing in on it versus picking up the phone to the three people that really need to align on something and aligning on it. Or if there's a conflict, if, if you and I have a conflict, if you pick up the phone and say, hey, wait, let's just resolve this. Here's my opinion. What is yours? How do we get to, and, and, and you know, five, 10 minutes, you can solve that. These things aren't happening enough right now. And I think that hiding behind a keyboard is a pretty poor way to have important conversations. Right. So, so jumping I mean, on video or on the phone is important. So, I mean, there's always a, uh, used to be a debate that email can only, cannot convey emotions. And then there's a body language that is associated when you meet someone physically. I mean, phone to an extent solve that because they can hear your voice, they can see the tonality and then the video is another step over and physical, obviously. But yep, uh, I mean, I think you, you got it on the head when you said that uh, corporates are not ready yet for this and the new things and new models evolve out of it. So I, I see there, there's a communication overhead. How about productivity? You feel that that's a challenge to manage as well? Big challenge. Yeah, you know, it's, and the communication platforms we have today are in, in some part, a lot like people replying all to an email, Yeah. you know, which by the way, if you're listening to this and you ever click reply all, I'm not sure we're going to be friends, <laughs> but I mean like in general, the idea of creating ongoing spam is, is challenging. So yeah, I don't, I don't think that the corporate world is quite ready right now. 
And I think that it's important to know when I send something out, it's going to impact, you know, X amount of time from however many people it's going out to, no matter what channel, what platform it's going out to. And I think being thoughtful about that other person is important. Maybe in a similar way, if you're physically in a room and there's always the person who's doing all the talking, it's disrespectful. Yeah. Right? So there are times where we have to give and take for other people. And I think um, just talking, whether that be you know, digitally or otherwise, just talking to hear yourself is, is ineffective. So I think we're going to need another you know, sort of wave of communication, you know, teaching each other how to communicate more effectively in a, in a distributed world like this. Yeah, and, and there, what, there are, yeah. Yeah, so what's your thoughts on, I mean, I always, because I, I had a lot of this uh, teaching background as well. So my favorite thing is always to pick up a marker or something and put something on a whiteboard mm -hmm. and while, while, while discussing and scribble it. And that's how my mind works, starts working or, or start walking and talking. And that's how my mind works. So, so I personally feel that I'm kind of like, uh, a slave to now this Zoom meeting where I need to be on a video and I, if I, <clears throat> I just don't have my hands and my tools with me, the whiteboards are over internet, maybe not be that, that uh, easy to use or what, I mean, so, so yeah, so what's your thoughts on that, the tools that create that quick uh, ability to help us, that, that give us ability to make people understand quickly the tools that, I mean, you can be on someone's computer and tell them a quick short stuff, that is all gone. So. Uh, how you yeah. feel about that? I, I feel I, I'm talking well, about these it, because I'm living through them. Actually, some of these. No, it's absolutely true, and I think um, I think it's interesting. First of all, in some ways those tools are gone, in some ways they've changed. And so I, the first thing I try to do is say, what am I just relying on as a crutch? So I too am a whiteboard person. Like grab a marker. If I can't smell the marker, we're probably not talking. So that's, that's a challenge, you know, and I think the engineers and consultants among us are just struggling right now. Um, here's, here's a quick tip that I found, and this is everybody has your own thing. Use your iPad and in whatever app you use for drawing on and share your screen. And it's just like a whiteboard. And so when you say, let me, let me show you what I'm talking about. You can, you can quickly display the screen in the same way you, you know, at some point somebody changed from blackboards to whiteboards, you know, yeah. in the, 70s, 80s, I don't know. So moving to a digital world is, gets the similar, a similar type of point across. In other ways, it's challenging our language skills. We have to learn to translate visual into verbal communication. Um, I think what, the other thing that I see is I really peeling the layers back and understanding what am I trying to communicate? And sometimes the reason we whiteboard something out, for example, is we're actually trying to structure our own thoughts. Yep. We're trying to put them in a succinct, structured way. So what I'm personally doing, because I also struggle with this, is doing, um, whether it's a pre-read for a meeting or in a one-on-one, -on -one, putting my thoughts, documenting my thoughts first before I have the conversation. Mm -hmm. And by the way, it makes the conversation shorter. I say, let me just send you something five minutes before we talk to, to kind of prep on it, and then I'll walk you through it. And that at least allows me to either have the visual or maybe it's an outline format or whatever it is, to be able to talk to it requires us to be more prepared um, or like I said, my iPad and winging it is also part of the, part of the tool chest right now. Right. Yes. Yes. So, so I guess uh, you, you are now going into the meetings a little bit more prepared, which is actually good for meeting productivity in a way mm -hmm. that you know that you have to cross that barrier and uh, make someone understand. So that is, that is, that, that is happening. 
I mean, we talked about uh, some of the challenges of working from home, but also, I mean, I've, I've seen now corporates have really started to think about it more. Oh, I can save this cost. I do not have to have this big office and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So have you seen this kind of mentality or are the corporate really thinking in terms of advantages of why do I need an office anyway? So, I mean, how, how yeah. are you seeing stuff around you? That's a, that's a really big thing. I'm gonna I want to go back to the whiteboard just for one moment. Um, sure. You know, I mean, the, the other thing is camera placement. You can use a whiteboard and have the same kind of conversation. Yeah. In my office, I'm not at home right now, but when I'm in my office at home, I have a whiteboard I can just draw on, and you just move the camera to a different place, and so you can do that. It's not as effective, but. So 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 but 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 my, my my challenge over here is that when I do this whiteboard talking, I have a blue marker and someone has a red marker, and we both draw on the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> that is still best. But but you're right. I mean, uh, uh, we were doing an app for a startup where actually they were just doing this uh, on-screen drawing thing that you can simultaneously draw work together on something. So I mean, these kind of tools will just uh, become ubiquitous in in a, in a bit of time, and everybody will start getting comfortable with that. Yeah. Um, you asked a question, I think is a real key question about how, you know, what's the new normal going to look like in, in especially relating to travel. So I'm on the board of several companies and do some advising for companies. That's the last 45 days. I've spent 100% of my professional time with companies trying to help make decisions right now. And so a lot of it initially was how bad is this going to be from a health perspective? Right. And then next it was like, uh-oh, what does this mean to the economy and to specifically our sector of the economy and us as a company? And going through that, and of course, a lot of guesswork and it changes daily. And we have you know, lots of these conversations. And then it's, how do we communicate this to the various stakeholders, our employees, our customers, our partners? And now I think we're in a mode, um, you know, as of this today, when we're speaking, by the time someone hears this, it'll be different. But as of today, almost all the conversations are around assuming we can begin to recover to some sense of normalcy. What does that look like for us? So there's very, you know, there's a whole spectrum. Um, I won't go into, let's stay specifically on travel. There's a lot of components of this, but specifically to travel in some ways, I think what will happen once travel opens back up, we're going to see probably the boomerang swing the other way where people are going to do some unnecessary flying around just to get in front of people because there's longing for it. But I do think it will normalize lower than it has in the past because I, I guess I was a little naive in that, you know, I've been working in the tech related industries for 15, 20 years. So I actually assumed that most people leverage technology like this today. And it turns out they don't. Many, many industries are so people dependent and so in-person dependent. You know, I've had people selling video conferencing platforms fly to me to sell me that platform. And, you know, which by the way, is not really eating from your own restaurant. And so, I think what we'll see is we'll, uh, at least the companies that I'm talking to, we're looking at, let's actually use this as a great opportunity to decide what does need to happen in person? Mm -hmm. What kind of travel is valuable? What kind of roles need to do it? And I think there'll be some logic to that. And in many cases, I think many people will be refreshed that you're not required to fly out on Monday and back on Thursday night. Right. You're not required to have an in-person whatever meeting you have every month. And that's going to be helpful. I think the others will realize the other question is, what are we missing in this virtual environment? What have we been missing? So that when we're back to normal, we want to add more of that thing. One thing that I'm noticing, it's not so much the business productivity people are missing. It's mm -hmm. the human element. So I think you'll see more things like 
maybe it's executive quarterly business reviews, or maybe it's other team building type of things. People might put more emphasis on experiential travel, even in the corporate world, um, and more functional will be remote. Uh, I'm also seeing from a travel perspective, um, you know, I mentioned recruiting before. I definitely see a lot of talent acquisition changing to where a higher percentage of it is either synchronous or asynchronous video interviewing processes, better for both. Um, it's very likely that the people who are required to be in the office five days a week, that may change and be more flexible to a lower number of days per week because they're realizing you're probably spending, you know, 10 to 15 hours a week commuting. Right. And for many people that don't do public, don't earn public transportation, a lot of times that's dead time. So we're starting to recover some of that from our lives right now. And I, I don't I think a lot of people want to give it back. Um, so companies will make some decisions but people are also kind of enjoying some of this part. And, you know, an example in education, I have three boys. They have one in college, one in high school, one in junior high. I am pretty sure none of them ever want to go back to a traditional classroom again. <laughs> you know, yeah, been yeah, great they're having for them. a time of their life right now. <laughs> the students, I guess. Oh, it's, and, and, and in a couple of cases, they're actually learning more. I mean, they're getting like great education, whether from Khan Academy or from other, you know, sources yeah. like fantastic I institutional agree. knowledge. But I, but I think in the, I do think we'll see um, this, this big trend towards leveraging, you know, digital platforms more effectively, less physical so, travel. Yeah. And then I think, you know, uh, we'll more than likely also see um, learning and development like distance learning in the corporate world uh, grow rapidly. You know, there, there's uh, some companies are doing some really innovative things in this space. And I think for those of us, like, for example, flying someone around the world to 29 offices to train on that one topic is exhausting for the instructor and not as effective for the people as having great content available on demand that you can modularize. Uh, I think we'll see a shift in that direction as well. Yeah, so I'll, I'll come to that as well. Uh, but so you do you see that this work from home thing is, is in a way a, a leveler as well? So for instance, there were companies who would be thriving on the fact that, yeah, we can, we are a staffing company, we can put people in your office and we have a company which where a lot of people can come in versus there's a small company out there who said that I'm remote, I can work, but they, they can, could not compete with these companies with large physical presence. But now with everyone is remote, it's kind of a leveler in a way that if your guys are working remotely, why can't mine? So what's your thoughts on, what are your yeah. thoughts on that? Um, uh, first, I love that question. I think it's a great leveler, not just between companies. You know, the, the competition for who has the fanciest sushi bar is ridiculous because we, we as employees, maybe the, the privileged people who get to work for those companies that have all of these nice perks, that's nice. But, you know, all the studies continue to show us that's not why they're there. They're not there because of the, you know, shoe shine that's available to them. And yet there's this kind of ridiculous competition for it. And if you look at the macro picture, that's money being spent on things that actually could be spent on either building a better product or paying their employees better or giving, you know, to the societies that they live in. Like, it's just maybe an excess that isn't necessary in our society in general. So I think that that is interesting. They're not competition, comp competing for physical space. I thought where you were going to go with the great leveling is actually between people. I think increasingly hierarchy is less and less tolerated by the people entering the workforce. And mm -hmm. I love the fact that, you know, I had a conversation last week with the CEO of a very large publicly traded company, you know, in his home office, you know, in a polo shirt, 
his office was a mess. And it looked a lot like the sales development person that I talked to two days before. And I love that. You know, this is like you're seeing real human beings in a normal element, not sort of, you know, in the fancy little corner office. You're looking at their actual picture, not their LinkedIn picture. That's what you want to say. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, you're, you're probably seeing you're probably not seeing the Instagram version of themselves, you know, you're seeing more of the, the Twitter version of themselves versus the LinkedIn. But yeah, that's anything that can level um, peer-to-peer conversations and eliminate barriers and layers. Uh, you know, I think it's going to be effective for business. And this is one moment where also the fact that no one really knows what's happening next, no matter how smart you think you are, you have about as good of an idea as person who's not as smart as you of what will happen next in this situation. And that common uncertainty is a unifier. And, and I think, um, so in some ways, people are going to enjoy that. They're going to enjoy those kind of connections. Yeah. So, uh, and that takes us to the next question that uh, it's a situation that we have never been uh, there before. It's, uh, it's a great leveler in many ways. Uh, what are the opportunities you see for tech, for new businesses. I mean, the last time the recession happened, there were new unicorns. Uh, and I mean, every every depression brings a, with itself a new set of opportunities. We already see this all. I mean, there had been office productivity tools. Now we need work from home productivity tools and whatnot. So what kind of opportunities you really yeah. see in tech space and business space where the next uh, billion dollar companies can come in? It's a great question. You know, if I had that crystal ball, I would love, I have some opinions. Um, and so our opinions are usually based also around our own experiences. So this to me is yeah. a little bit selfish, my answer, in that I have worked as a remote worker for, for a long time and I am so excited about the innovation and money and thoughts going into fixing all the problems I've had the last 10 years. One of them mm-hmm. is exactly what you mentioned, collaboration tools, collaboration beyond text. You know, interacting with another person there's the drawing it out. There's the communication. There's the showing them an object. There's a, you know, there are going to be ways in which we can communicate digitally that are much closer to mirroring how we do it in person. That finally the barrier breakthrough is like, look, we have to be able to do this. This isn't a nice to have. It's not like, well, you could just jump on a plane. No, let's like, let's replace the human experience as much as we can. Maybe that's, it's probably augmented reality in some way that becomes mainstream that, you know, bandwidth is cheap. The technologies and processing is cheap being able to do some kind of augmented reality where we can digitally, you know, virtually be in the same meeting rooms, that kind of thing will take off. I don't think it'll be huge, but I think it'll go. Um, The low hanging fruit, I think it's absolutely all of the unified communication platforms uh, will likely see a strong growth. You know, every one of them, you've seen these um, press releases come out where they're 10 to 20 X growth at this time. They won't go back to where they were. They won't stay at 20 X, but they won't go back to where that'll be growing. I, I'm really see right now the um, learning, distance learning, especially corporate distance learning being big. Um, so I think anybody who's building uh, specifically tech-based learning, but, you know, teaching tomorrow's workforce really is going to happen more. Um, you know, just a little bit of a plug for automation in general. I think, look, you know, how do you weather this potential future storms? You automate mm-hmm. as many things as possible. Right now, anything that's happening in an automated way, whether not just RPA, but any kind of uh, automation, um, productivity has less of a hit. So I think we'll see more of that. You know, a good, a good parallel perhaps is looking back to the industrial revolution or maybe not industrial, the, the automation of the manufacturing floor. Mm-hmm. What happened when robots could start to do things that people were doing? 
well, you could work 24 hours a day, you could have lower error rates, you could have lower production costs, you could have higher quality, all of that stuff. That now moving into the knowledge work, um, we'll start to see, you know, things like that happening. And then I, I really feel like there's going to be a pretty strong, like one thing that we haven't talked about here is there's been a massive economic impact and it is disproportionately loaded on the hourly and blue collar worker. Yeah. Millions of people right now are, are not only, you know, people who have been not only paycheck to paycheck, it's day to day. Think about working in a restaurant where the tips you get that day determine right. the groceries you buy that night. Right. And that part of the workforce not only deserves, but, but will, I think, be seeking opportunity for alternative means of creating an income. Like, let's say that the travel industry we talked about doesn't come back to 100% of what it was. The the, that's the displaced workers. In the hospitality industry in general, I mean, the hotels, the restaurant, uh, I, I find it tough. And, and I, I, I really like uh, this thing about our conversation that this human touch should, needs to be there. I mean, I also try to think what can be done for them. I mean, there could be definitely be new ways. But right now, I think they are, they are going through a tough time. I, I totally agree with you. Uh, I don't know how it's going to come back. How, because anything that that is that depends upon people coming together to do something. I mean, be it a football match, be it at a restaurant or something or, or an event. I think for some, I mean, near future, it's not happening. Um, and that is yeah. going to take a lot of jobs away, a lot of, uh, so, so yeah, let's see. Okay, uh, so yeah, the economic impact is, impact is where. Uh, now coming uh, to the last uh, segment of this, that uh, before you leave, I mean, we are all working from home. Share us, share with us some tips of being more productive, active, and uh, and how how we can really make use of best use of this time and 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 something that we've got we've never been used to before. Yeah, absolutely. First of all, this is a good thing, not a bad thing for productivity. I am a big advocate for you'll get way more done when you're not distracted by the nonsense of the unimportant things around you. So, for example, one of the most inefficient things in the world is a commute. That's gone. I mean, maybe walk from your bedroom to the table. But the, the um, distractions of a meeting, this book, you know, is, is, is gone. So here's a couple of tips I have. The first one is wake up. And I mean, literally, like get up in the morning and get going. And it's surprising to me how many people rely on a boss or a company or a set of hours or store hours to decide when they wake up and when they shower or if they shower and get dressed and get going in the day. So rewind back, you know, 100, 150 years ago to the agricultural society, people just walk up because the animals had to be fed and things had to be done. So I think the idea of like, look, you are, you are in control of yourself. Like this is, you're not a victim of anything. Um, get up and get going and, and create the routines. I think it's important for productivity to think beyond just work. Like there's, you have a physical self, you have a mental, spiritual, emotional, financial, those components have to be managed. So whatever the right morning routine is when you're productive, I would use it even if your workplace is your kitchen table. So it's, you know, it, maybe it's working out, maybe it's eating, you know, a decent breakfast, maybe it's not, maybe it's meditation, prayer, whatever you do to get ready. That's the starting point is like, get going. Um, the second thing I would do is, I think it's really important for productivity right now of doing something that we should have always been doing, which is creating that sort of prioritized daily task list. What are the things I need to get done today and in what order? If they're stack ranked, I have a ABC method, which is like, A, it has to be done. B, it really should be done. C, it'd be nice to get this done. And then inside of ABC, I, this is sort of micromanaging myself, but I do one, two, three. 
I mean, I, A1, A2, A3. So if I only get through the A's, the most important thing is got done. Sort of the put, put the big rocks in first. The, the other thing that I do to keep this non-robotic is um, there's a list of people in your life, you know, I'm just keep this professional at the moment, that it's really a good idea to keep in touch with. That's those people you ping and say happy birthday on LinkedIn, you know, or whatever, like just lightweight relationships. I try to keep maybe, you know, five to 15 a day of those new ones each day. And maybe it's sending them a text message, maybe it's a two minute phone call. Hey, just checking in, say how you're doing. That doesn't sound like productivity, but one is it's continuing to nurture relationship. You're not having hallway conversations right now. You're not having water cooler conversations. So just ping them. And by the way, it feels good. They enjoy it. You probably feel like, well, I haven't talked to, you know, Sally forever. So those little things are good. And then I think also it's really important that like, just like with physical meetings, I am not a fan of the structured amount of time being used because it's booked. So if you have a one hour meeting booked at the beginning of the meeting, what do we want to accomplish? And then when we're done, let's be done. It might be 20 minutes. It might yeah. be 55 minutes, but, but don't eat up the time just because it's there. Um, and then I would say also productivity for me, the most productive thing I think that I do is pick up the phone and have two to five minute phone calls. So there's this email thread or there's a Slack channel or there's something going on and it's like, mm, this is going to be back and forth all day and just pick it up and say, Hey, I noticed this. Can we just knock this out real quick? And those things become, you know, really, really productive. And then finally, I think I would say making sure that when you're having conversations that you're not just continuing the conversation, but the decision is being made. Yeah. So one of the least productive things is great. Why don't we follow up on this and we'll catch up next, like that's yeah. an ineffective set of conversations, but move on to, a, you know, advance it or kill it or take action on it. Yeah. I, I think that's not last part is very important that all the meetings and everything needs to eventually end in an action. So a certain set of actions that you can mm -hmm. really take. And I also feel, I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot similar to what we are looking at uh, in the, in the, in the software or computer world that there was used to be a mainframe and then everything moved away from the mainframe to the fat client. And now everything is going back to cloud and there's a mixture of that. So I guess there were physical offices. Everyone used to go there. Now everyone is work from home. And I guess in the future, somewhere we'll, we will have an equilibrium where some, some work from home and some kind of an office. So I think that's, that's where the world is going. But yeah, I also agree that there's, there's now a good set of opportunities available out there where the new businesses can come in, new tech can come in. I mean, we, we, we talk to customers day in, day out about their, their technology needs and work with them. So obviously the natural thing that everyone tries to do is to replicate what, what has happened or what is happening in the physical world. Mm -hmm. And I feel that's very simple, similar to that when we used to have this button to click on a phone or something, we, I mean, I mean all the, mm -hmm. All, everything that we used to think is, is was all about having a key keypad on a phone, and uh, one big one big giant actually went down uh, went down just because they kept their keyboard. I mean BlackBerry. I was talk, I'm talking about yeah. that. And Apple came in and they just gave us a new way of of, of doing stuff on that. So I guess uh, while we will a lot of us will try to replicate a lot of uh, things that we had been doing in the physical world into the virtual world. Uh, in time, newer ways of uh, things will come up, uh, which will be more productive and uh, which will be, be better, better suited to all this work from home kind of a thing. But I think there's an opportunity for everyone out there. 
So I really enjoyed our conversation, Wade. Anything you want to add at the last? And I, I guess that should be it about our, our podcast today. The only thing I would add is like, this is an opportunity. Every, I mean, there, there's certainly like, I'm conscious of the societal impact right now of yeah. what's going on. And at, at a macro level, there's certainly, you know, health related issues here, although related to seven and a half billion people in the world, like putting it in perspective, it really is in the, in the history of mankind, this is actually minimal headwinds. There have been much, much harder things faced in the world. We are not like going through the most difficult thing mankind's ever dealt with. This is something that at least every hundred years comes along. And so like put it in perspective. And I think also for most of us, really it's been an inconvenience to be quite clear. There are other people who have been dramatically impacted. So first thing I would say in a time like this, who are the people who are personally dramatically impacted and how do we invest in them first? This is not about productivity and personal gain. It's about being a good societal uh, citizen. But as it relates to business, I think I, I think about a little bit of like shake it off and step up. And there are opportunities right now that we've never had before. And those opportunities are within ourselves. So learning, developing, growing. Do you have time now to do things you may not have had time before? Things, to, new skills to learn, new books to read. Maybe you want to learn a new language. I mean, there's all those kind of things. You have, maybe you have the privilege of being uh, right now around people that you love. And, you know, your family or whoever that happens to be and investing in those relationships. It's not about efficiency. You know, it's about building relationships. And then from a business standpoint, I think taking advantage of uninterrupted time to be creative. Think about what's next for our business. Think about what could and should we be doing differently. You have the perfect excuse to pivot. This in some ways provides air cover to make the changes you know you've needed to make. And to be able to make those right now and come out of this cocoon. If you know, it's like the cocoon so restrictive but the reason the cocoon exists is so that that caterpillars are turning into a butterfly. They, they push and struggle against it and develops the strength so that by the time they break free, they have the strength and ability to fly. So I wouldn't sort of resent the cocoon. This is a time to think, develop, iterate, pivot, and to come out as a much different being than we were before and using the time wisely instead of binge watching and having a bunch of bad behaviors this could be a time to actually become like a very different version of yourself and of your business. So I just encourage people to take advantage of it in that way. Yeah. And I think this is, <clears throat> this is kind of a unique opportunity where, where all of a sudden, I mean, you can relate to kind of everyone in the world. I mean, we are, I'm, I have never experienced this before where I can talk to anyone and find that we are all in the same boat. So I think it's a, a lot of, there's a lot of relatability going on where a lot of people are now much more open to talk that gives rise to i mean new human behaviors it gives you opportunity to be to show your human side as well as you can find new relationships new business opportunities uh new ways to think new ways to collaborate and i guess you're right uh the first and foremost priority is obviously to just to see humans around you and see what you can do for them and obviously i mean the business opportunities will be dozens and dozens or, or more around there. So thank you very much for being with me, Wade. I really enjoyed our conversation and uh, thank you once again. Absolutely. Yep. Have a great day. Thank you, Wade and Omer, for being with us today and offering insights around the massive cultural shift we are experiencing these days. Thanks for listening to Sailing Into The Wind, leading remote teams podcast by BetterTech. We look forward to bringing you the latest industry news in our next episode. In the meantime, check out our other episodes at www.texcel.com slash podcast and be sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode.